I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You big down a bastard! Where'd you get your sheet? Jesus Christ! One gamba to alley. This is the Dave Duke Podcast. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba! It's Dave Duke, the Dave Duke Podcast, and it is myself and yourself. Here we go again! What's up? Well, it's been quite a week since we spoke last, hasn't it? You have GSOC, GSOC, people who are meant to be investigating Gardaí, going for a mad one with the monk after he was acquitted of murder in Dublin. You have the whole trans right debate firing up again. By the way, tell me if you've heard this bullshit story before because I've heard it at least five or six times. I heard it in New York and I heard it today. And the New York ones weren't talking about this case that happened in Ireland. I heard today from a cousin who has a friend who goes in and cleans the floors of a school in Donegal that there's a girl in that school and she identifies as a cat. And since she identifies as a cat, she wanted a litter box in the classroom. And they said, no, you're not going to get a litter box in the classroom. That'd be ridiculous. You're a girl. You're not a cat. And then she went and shit in the floor of the girl's toilet. Isn't that mad? Isn't the world gone mad? Oh my God, what are we going to do about this transgender, transgenderism? And it's all horseshit. Tell me, has transgenderism truly affected you? Has it really, other than potentially annoying you or irking you, has someone who is transgender, who identifies 
not as the sex they were born, really, truly impeded or ruined your life? Have they? Because if they have, they'd want to have at least molested you. Because if they've just annoyed you on Twitter or online, would you cop your fucking cell phone? Let them live their lives the way they want to live them. Genuinely. They made a horse shit about this. Man is man, woman is woman. Has it truly affected your life? I don't think it has. I, for once, agreed with a Twitter argument that Lewis Capaldi can go topless and naked in promo material for his album and everyone laps it up and it's a good laugh. Sam Smith goes topless or naked on stage and everyone is in hysterics about the kids. Oh my God, the kids. The kids are going to be ruined. What are the kids going to think? The kids would want to toughen the fuck up is what they'd want to do. If they can't handle a bit of nudity and someone who was born a man truly believing that they're a woman or vice versa or whatever then they'd want to harden the fuck up. I used to go on LiveLeak, if you've ever heard of it. It's debunked now, and watch beheadings and shootings of people. I watched, as an eight-year-old kid, jetliners crash into the Twin Towers and see thousands of people die on national television. I have seen so much shit. I think I can handle a bit of transgenderism. Can you? Do you agree? Do you think we just need to harden the fuck up? The same people who are calling people snowflakes are the ones that are having meltdowns about this kind of crack. General neutral toilets. Hey! Did you grow up in a house with a woman? Or a man? Or someone of the opposite sex? Did you have an upstairs toilet that was for men? The downstairs toilet that was for women? No, you all shit into the same toilet and there was no hassle. Now, there are genuine cases when it comes to women's rights and women's feelings threatened, but for the most part, we're probably not affected. What a way to start today's podcast. So there's that going on in the last week, but that is not what today is about. Today is not about transgenderism and the state of the nation and the people fighting about this crack, today is about Athlone. Athlone, which is split between Westmead and Roscommon, was a tiny little bit of Athlone and Roscommon, a bit of overspill, over into Monksland, over into, is it Baylock you call it? A bit of an overspill in there, but primarily Westmead. And Athlone has been my place of residence for the past six years and people would come up and they say oh how are you getting on in Dublin how are you getting on in Galway no one ever thinks that I radio is in a loan everyone just assumes I'm in the big schmoke or I'm in Galway where ambition goes to die and you smoke weed and you go down to Sparch and you have a bottle of Bucky for you and if it reaches over 15 degrees in Galway City, then you know there's going to be a party at Spanish Arch. No, I'm neither there nor Dublin. I'm in Athlone. And I've lived here full-time for the past six years. And any time someone would discover that, I would then follow up with, Athlone is grand, 
But Jesus, it's an ignorant bastard in spot. And then they would go, well, how do you think that, Dave? And then I would ream off the following. And I'm on the road to redemption, so please, if you are from Athlone, do not stop here. You must continue. You must hear the shit before the redemption. You must hear the sorrow story of me and Athlone before you hear how I'm doing things to improve my perception of Athlone. Because I can't just blame all of Athlone and its people for the way I feel about it. When I started living in Athlone or travelling to Athlone and driving through it and spending more time in it, the first thing I noticed was people not letting you out at junctions. There was no give on the roads whatsoever. And I have driven in Dublin many times. I lived there for two years. I've driven nearly every inch of Donegal, nearly inch, every inch of Leitrim. I've done a lot of driving in Galway, Mayo, Monaghan, Loud. You name it, I've done a good bit of driving there. So, I'm not just comparing, oh, this is the only place I've drove and it's ignorant. Drove, I've driven a lot. I've done a lot of miles in my time. In Athlone, I found that they would never let you out at a junction. You could be sitting there for what felt like an eternity. And no one would ever stop and go, flash the lights and let him out. They just keep fucking flinging by a boom, boom, boom. Somebody let me out. So that was the first noticeability that I mightn't like at loan. Then the people. I find the people in Athlone cold. Colder than other places that I'm used to. I have no friends in Athlone. I have lived here six years full time and I have not made one friend in all of Athlone. Not one true friend that I can ring and say, hey, do you want to go for a coffee? Hey, let's get lunch. Not one. Now you might say, what about our radio friends, Dave? Yeah, of course. I've made plenty of friends. Or at least I think they're my friends. Are you my friend in our radio? Who live in Athlone. Who I can ring for coffee and lunch, but never have the time to because I'm so busy. Outside of our radio, I have no friends in Athlone. The closest thing I have in Friends to Athlone is a couple of DJs that I've played with and the cafe that's next door to us that I radio called Savory Fair. They're my closest things to friends in Athlone. They're dead on. Perhaps it is a case where you really need to be seen 100,000 times by someone in Athlone for them to be friendly to you. There is a pub in Athlone that shall remain nameless. The bouncer in that pub, I seen him at my local supermarket every single day during COVID. The supermarket was the only place that was open, so I was in it every single day. I was not one of those lads that was ordering two on the euro worth of shopping to the house and not leaving and not going to the supermarket. 
I had to go into that supermarket because it was the only resemblance of normality I had outside of work. It was work, shop, home, work, shop, home, work, shop, home. And I thought I had built up a relationship with this ignorant fucker on the door. And he was always authoritative and he always took his job just a little too seriously. Just one of those lads that you're like, there's doing your job, there's doing your job to a T, and then there's just taking your job a little bit too seriously. And this security guard on the door in this supermarket and that loan was one of those lads. He took it a little bit too seriously. But I always made a conscious effort to make conversation and say hello to this gentleman, to be warm to him. Because it's not easy to be a security guard, no matter if it is nightclub, nor pub, nor supermarket, it can be a thankless job. So I made it my business to make sure that I'd say hello and how are you getting on and busy today and never really got much chat out of him. But I thought he would remember me. He'd remember the face, he'd remember the accent, he'd go, there's that young fella who won't stop saying hello to me. But at least I know him now. And then COVID finished and we're back in the pubs. And two of my mates who had never met a tat loan in all the time I had spent here said, we want to come to loan for a night out. And I was like, let's do it. Let's go out on that loan of a Friday night and then on the Saturday we'll go to Montello Park and on Saturday night we'll go out in Dublin. So that's what we done. The Friday night came. Dave went to work. The mates came. We had a bit of dinner and we... Actually, no, we didn't have dinner. We went to town and we had dinner in a beautiful restaurant in Athlone. One of my top places in Athlone. There is good places and we're getting to the good, but let's get rid of all the shit first. I went to D Bella, great place. We'll come back to it. And we finished up a brilliant meal and we headed to a pub. The pub. And who's on the door? Only your man. Your man from the supermarket. They don't need any security anymore. He's back on the door of the pub. And he's still as authoritative as he was back then. But I glance at the lads and I say, No bother here, boys. Sure, I know this man. I've said hello to him at least 150 times. No exaggeration. And the closer we get the more I know that there's going to be a conversation between myself and himself on the door. And I know it's not going to be, you're the lad who called into SuperValue. I know there's going to be a stop, strip and search checkpoint. Now, we've only had about two bottles of beer at this stage. We're full, but not of alcohol, of delicious Italian food. We've had a couple of beers, but her eyes aren't even glazed over. We're fresh men of the night. We're about to indulge and embrace and enjoy ourselves in this fine establishment. But he goes, well, lads, how are you doing? Just the three? Yes. You're not a stag party? And I laugh. No, we're not a stag party. Are you sure you're not a stag party? Now, it's getting a little bit antsy between the two of us. You know, it's just kind of ramping up. It goes from a laugh and he isn't joking. And then I realise he's not joking. And we're getting into this ping pong battle of back and forth. Me kind of being like, are you fucking serious? Him, yes, I am. You're not a stag party. No, we're not a stag party. 
Have you seen? Have you ever seen a stag party at three? It must be the most miserable stag party in existence. You couldn't gather more than two other people for your own stag party. What kind of miserable bastard are you? Now, I didn't say that, but I did imply that. Have you ever seen a stag party of three? I'm telling you, lads, no stag parties. Don't do stag parties here. And if any of you have went in the back, I'll be in to find out. And I'm still waiting for him to break his tension. Because bouncers like to do this sometimes. They wind up and then they go, Arrow money messing. Go on ahead. I'm only pulling your leg. I was taking the piss, man. Why'd you get so serious? And they let you in the way you go. This lad was not taking the piss. He was deathly serious. And then he said something that really fucking irked me. After all this, and this conversation has gone on about 90 seconds. Far too long. If you go in there and you join up with other lads, I'll fuck you out straight away. Now that irked me massively. What kind of a welcome to an establishment is if you join up with other lads in there, I'll fuck you out straight away. And the last words I said going in the door is, we're not a fucking stag party. We go in to this place and you're just irked. My two mates, they're down for the first time. I'm telling them how great this pub is, the heritage, the history, how many people calls here. And this is the first reception they get. I'm a little bit embarrassed. I'm a little bit embarrassed. They're like, Jesus Christ, this place. This is the place he brings us to us. They were interrogated at the door. It's mad that we haven't been anally searched by your man. I'm embarrassed. And we go to order a drink. And who lands in to fucking inspect only your man from the front door to make sure that we didn't join up with parties and people? So we make our way through the pub out to the smoking area. And I'm still rattled at this point. I'm pissed. I'm drinking the pint, but I'm not happy. How are you supposed to enjoy yourself after an interrogation like that? You can't. And there were groups and parties and, like, you know, three or four. Maybe they got the same interrogation as us. I don't know. But we didn't enjoy ourselves. So we left. And I thought it was just us till I heard another group, male and female, about eight or ten of them, who were interrogated. And I haven't darkened the door of that place. Now, I've put that down to Athlone. The ignorance of Athlone. So that's a couple of black marks on it. I just feel the place is cold. And I explain this to a mate of mine who's not from Athlone, but he's from another Midlands town. And he told me to wise the fuck up that you need to embrace Athlone a little bit more. You're being too harsh on it. And there's a lot of positives to the place. It's a great shop in town. <laughs> we have Zara. I love Zara. Zara's a great shopping place. I do love shopping there. TK Maxx, River Island, Next, O'Brien's Sandwiches, Banging Sandwiches. Um, where else? Massive Pennies. There's Diesel Store. Big feck-off Tesco, like big, big Tesco. Big, big Tesco. 
Lifestyle Sports, Elvery's. You don't really need to go anywhere else for clothes. As notoriously difficult as it is to shop for men's clothes, there is quite an alright choice in that loan. It has the positives. And then you offset that with the interaction that I had and I told this on the Alan Clark podcast with the lad who wanted to fight me over balloons. If you haven't heard this, you're going to hear it now. And I put this down to Athlone as well, that the, that it, it's an Athlone thing that your man wanted to fight me over balloons. But I understand his point as well. I have access to the iRadio Instagram. And as you can imagine, it gets a phenomenal load of messages. A lot of them shite. A lot of them just stuff I couldn't even repeat to you because it's so demented and mental that you wouldn't believe me. But one of those messages one day was from a concerned gentleman from Athlone who had found iRadio balloons in his field. And he was pissed because he had cows in that field and he was saying, look lads, be a wee bit more careful. I had cows in that field. Your balloons ended up here. They could have chewed them. They could have been in their stomach. You know, you could have had a couple of cows dead over it. They could have choked on the balloons. Indigestion. It's not It's not good for the cows whatsoever. And as someone who comes from a farming background, I appreciate that. If someone was to leave rubbish in a field of my family's and the cows or the sheep was to eat and they died, you'd be pissed. I seen the message. It was in request. It wasn't actually from your man. It was from your man's woman. So we're going to call your man John and we're going to call your woman Mary. Mary sent the message. Dave seen. Dave done fucking nothing with the message. He forgot about it. He's a busy man. He's doing a show. He probably has a gig that day. He's probably about seven unanswered emails. He probably has about 20 WhatsApp messages to get back to. He didn't get back to it. He forgot about it. He forgot about it, okay? Until he went out in that loan one night. And Mary comes up to Dave and Mary says, Dave, you're Dave. And I says, I am Dave. Yes. So we're chit-chatting about the job and she's all smiles and happy out. And then she says, oh, my John had some of iRadio's balloons in his field without missing a beat or thinking bollocks here said oh I've seen that and her face drops Mary is not happy that I seen the message did not respond did not do anything about it and Mary goes off annoyed and Dave knows he's made a mistake (laughs) Jesus Jesus I'm after shooting myself in the foot I admitted that I seen complaint from you and I done nothing about it so I go on about my business and there's a few drinks later and I'm out in the smoking area again and who comes over only the bowled Mary and the even bowler John and Mary introduces John to me and John is just cold as fuck and he says the two Johnnies are doing a great job aren't they I was like is this the road he's going down is this the point you're going to pick? Two Johnnies, two FM, exact same time as us, the competition. 
And I was like, ah, yeah, they're doing grand, fair play to them, whatever. And he doubles down. The two Johnnies, they're flying it, aren't they? They're flying it. And he's getting really thick about this. In his mind, he thinks this is one of the greatest insults of all time and that I'm going to get so riled up that I'm going to headbutt him in the smoking area of the piano bar in Athlone. He thinks he is a genius at insults. But to me, I am thinking, are you fucking for real? You're ridiculous if you think this is going to be what truly riles me up. I'll give you a list of things if you want. Tell me that you love coleslaw. You have a higher chance of you getting a headbutt off me telling me that you love coleslaw than telling me how great the two Johnnies are. And he doubles down and triples down again. And at this stage now, he's about two inches away from my face. And the ridiculousness of the situation comes over me. It sobers me completely. Dave, this man is going to fight you over the two Johnnies and balloons arriving in his field. And see, to me, with the bias against Athlone, put it down to being an Athlone thing. That the place is so cold that this fucker's going to fight me over balloons in his field. And that I didn't get riled up about his two Johnnies insults. And I put that down to Athlone. And that is on me. But it's also on him. I'm not sure that would happen anywhere else in the entire country other than Athlone. Flashing back, you might say, oh, Dublin, flashing back to the pub that we nearly got refused out of because your man is so death against stag parties. The next night we go to Dublin, as previously mentioned. And we're walking up to a very famous, busy, busy, busy establishment in Dublin. Same two lads. We're looking shocker the next day. Lack of sleep. Plenty of drinking at loan. Had more chance to refuse us. And we're in practically the same thing I wore the night before. Jeans, t-shirt, same runners. And my heart is fluttering again. Here we go again. Your man takes a look at us. He looks at me. He looks at my friend. He looks at my other friend. He goes, just the three of you. And I thought, here we fucking go again. Yeah. Right, so, on headlines. And that was it. That was it. That was the entirety of the interaction with the bouncer in Dublin. And we were interrogated and may as well have had a finger stuck up our ass in that loan. And that that chipped away at it. And you can see, hopefully I'm putting my argument strongly enough across as to my coldness towards that loan, because that loan has been cold to me. I've I've repeated this story to my friend many times, but he's still adamant Athlone is a good place, and he cited what I cited, shopping, close to amenities. You're an hour away from Galway, an hour flat, you're in the centre, Sinti... Podcast. One hour, you are from my house in Athlone to city centre Galway. There's a train there. The train is actually even quicker than going by road. But you have to pay a polka who clamps people. Yeah, that's another thing. Hold that thought. A polka have clamped me twice in that loan. Those bastards. So look at a table. 
everywhere I have been clamped and every other county and city and town and village in Ireland is at naught percent of all the times I've been at clamped every other place on this chart naught percents you go to Athlone 100 percent 100 percent of every time I've been clamped has been an Athlone which is twice <laughs> and the fucker doing it is a wanker <laughs> straight up no redeeming qualities whatsoever. And maybe that comes with the perils of the job. So that's another thing of my portfolio of what Athlone has done to me. Back to the train. It can be in Galway in an hour. It can be in Dublin in an hour. 15, depending on traffic. You can be at Liffa Valley in Dublin in an hour. There or thereabouts. I can be at home in two hours. I can be at the very tip top of Donegal in four hours. I can be in Cork in three and a half and four hours. Athlone is a wonderful central base. It was even talked about as a new capital of a united Ireland. And it would make complete sense from a geographical point of view how central it is. It is the centre of Ireland. It is the centre of the universe. It has been named as the most a romantic place in Ireland. Uh, it's just great employment, the International Development Park, or whatever. Loads of uh, pharmaceutical jobs, loads of drugs going on about Hathlone. Not talking about heroin either. Uh, sanctioned, all above board, drugs being sold all across the world. Siemens is here. Technology. I radio is here. There are some wonderful cafes like the Wandering Elk. There's got good stuff. So in the last week, since we spoke last, I've had this conversation with a mate about Athlone and he says you need to embrace it more. And I'm on that journey and I'm on that path of embracing Athlone. I should go to more shows because the international... There's a festival here every year. Yeah, the International Drama Festival. Let me let me look that up before I give that to Athlone. The RTE All-Ireland Drama Festival is actually running from today to the 5th of May in Athlone. So maybe I should go to a show. Maybe I should see some comedy gig that comes to Athlone. I should go to the cinema more here. I'm going to do more stuff around Athlone and embrace Athlone. I have had a look about. I do have some of my favourite cafes, like Savory Fair and The Wandering Elk and Cafe U in Athlone. Hands down, for me, does the best full Irish breakfast in the entire country. And I've had so many of them. Cafe U in Athlone, Top Dalla. You've got some wonderful pubs here. Peddler Max, Gertie's, Dead Centre Brewing Company, Flannery's is run by an extravagant, brilliant, um, boisterous woman who has a documentary about her. Shopping's good, as mentioned. I'm trying to find, bit by bit, more things to love about Athlone. I'm embracing Athlone. But Athlone, if you've listened to this, you must feel my case. You must hear it out before I embrace. 
No point to me saying, oh, I'm embracing that alone. Do you don't know what point to start to that? I hated you. But now I'm on the road to redemption with you. And I'm not putting everything on you. This has been me. Maybe I wasn't in a good part of my life when I decided I don't like Athlone. But we're on the way. <sighs> and also, if you do be ignorant to me about me talking about Athlone in this way, you are only proving my point. <laughs> if you headbutt me on the street of Athlone, over the opinions I've shared today, you truly are doubling down for me on my feelings. So bear that in mind. Bear that in mind. At loan, you can't. You you can you can win in this. You can win in this scenario because I'm on the road to redemption. I'll do a follow-up podcast about what I love about At Loan and what I think about it, and what are still the negatives at a further date. But if you come swinging for me today, you're fucked. Because you're giving me the out. You're giving me the out of going, look, I, I told you my concerns. This is the way you reacted. You have absolutely justified my concerns. At loan, thank you and good night. I want to embrace you. I want to promote you. So allow me, vent, and we'll move forward from there, At loan. Move forward from there. That has been At loan. I have been Dave Duke, and let's answer some questions that have kindly been sent via the medium of Instagram and Spotify. Name one famous person from Leitrim comes from Liam. Hi, Liam. Me. I am famous. Famous as they come. You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe how famous I am. So famous. So famous. No, there's um, Charlie McGettigan who won the Eurovision for Ireland in 1994. We were the rock and roll kids. Declan Darcy who won a, who captained Leitrim to a Connacht Championship also in 1994. What a fucking year for Leitrim, 1994. Eurovision and Connacht Champions. Declan Darcy is a selector still with Dublin GEA. Ah, uh, Glencar Waterfall is not a person from Leitrim, but it's still famous. Um, Jennifer Wren, an influencer, blogger, style person. She's very famous. She's very famous. Francie Boylan, Watts Knots. Where'd you get your shades? Where'd you get your shades? Where'd you get your shades? He is from Leitrim. Kevin, yeah. would you like to ask a question? Where'd you get your shades? Without Leitrim, Watts would not exist. Thank you for your question, Kevin. I'll have a think more about who's famous from Leitrim. How much tea to pack at a coleslaw? Asked Sean. Go fuck yourself, Sean. How about that? Could you see yourself in a... By the way, it's not... Uh, no, it is personal to Sean. If you're going to ask about coleslaw, be prepared to be told to go fuck yourself. Could you see yourself in any other job other than radio or DJ? Um, marketing, perhaps, like a Paddy Power style fellow. 
I find no. To be honest, Hugh, no, no. I I probably won't be in radio forever. I hope to have a long career at it, but that's easier said than done. And some better opportunities might come my way. Who knows? I'm going to stick at this for as long as I can and for as long as I enjoy it. And I'm currently enjoying it and I'm sticking at it. Speaking of Paddy Power, Jamie asks, the most amount of money you've ever lost gambling? 320 euro in one 15 minute sitting. It's not the overall losses in gambling. But it certainly is the most amount I've lost in a singular sitting. And it was on a website at night that changed the rules. And they fucked me over. I love roulette. I really do. I love roulette. It's a game of not to 36. And you put your money on a number or you put your number money on red or black. I love putting it on 0 or 13 or 2 and 3 in roulette. And if you put down 1 euro and your number lands and it is straight on the nose, on the number, it's 36 euro. You know, you're 36 times your euro. And I got... You can't get good at roulette. But I thought I was getting good at roulette. Because I built up from a tenor to 320 euro and it allowed me to put money in with my card but when I tried to take out my 320 euro it said I needed to give them proof that that was actually my card ah okay I see how it works so you fuckers don't need proof to take money from the card but to give money back to the card you actually need proof that I own the card go fuck yourselves but I wasn't able to tell them that because they weren't going to give me money. It would have included me, and I know how stupid this sounds, it would have included me going into the bank and getting a print off that I own the card and then posting it or scanning it and emailing it to them. And I didn't do it. And I kept putting it on the long finger until one night I sat down and I was bored as hell. And I says, you know what? I'm going to increase my winnings of 320 euro in this online account to more money. And I lost every single penny within 15 to 20 minutes. Every single penny. The bet started at 2 euro. Then it was 3, 5. I should have put on 6 of them putting on 5 and putting on 6 and put on 8. Or if you're putting on 8, you may as well put on the tenner and then gone. 320 euro, gambled away, 15 to 20 minutes. And I closed the fucking account. I closed my Paddy Power account, Boyle Sports, you name it. I got out. Best lesson I ever, ever was taught. And I thought it myself. Gambling is a cod. But Jesus, it can be great crack. So I do the auto accumulator now. Very little, very little gambling. I even used to have an awful problem with scratch cards. I'd go into the shop to buy a coffee. Not because I want a coffee, because I wanted an excuse to get to the counter to buy a scratch card. So, Jamie, thank you for your question. I don't know if this will shock you. I'm slightly ashamed of it. And we will... Oh, there was... um, 
there was a question from last week that I wanted to get to because you can leave some of your feedback on Spotify and sometimes the podcasts show you, hey, what do you think of this episode? And you can leave a comment. One of them was from Louise. Her daughter went to the disco that I was talking about in last week's episode and she said it was so much fun. You must be doing something right. I'm curious why they like Cotton Eye Joe now, so I'll have to ask. A quick recap if you didn't listen to last week's episode. Cotton Eye Joe sends people feral. Teenage discos, those who don't play them and don't DJ at them, your assumption the music at it, you'd hate it, but you couldn't be more wrong. The music I play at Teenage Discos varies from the Tumbling Paddies, just the way I am, to Nathan Carter, to Marty Moan, to Saw Doctors, to Wolf Tones, to David Guetta, Nicki Minaj, Starships, every time, to Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton Eye Joe sends teenagers and adults alike. Feral. Feral. They go stone mad. So, Louise, to answer your question, I don't know why they like it. I just know they do. Maybe it's something to investigate. The grip that Cotton Eye Joe takes on people on nights out. Sober, drunk, young, old, and everyone in between. Cotton Eye Joe, for show. And on that note... Let's end today's podcast on <laughs> Atlone, Transgenderism and Cotton Eye Joe. Hey, Cotton Eye Joe, play us out. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for all the beautiful feedback. Those five stars on Spotify, they mean so much. They basically tell the algorithm, hey, people are enjoying this show to more people. So they really do mean a lot. And I see them and I'm gracious and grateful for them. Five stars, even if you're from Atlone. Five stars. We'll talk to you soon. Take it, Savage. Handy. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.